Hello and welcome to Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. Hello, District 3. This is your podcast host, Don Griffith. Today, I'm with Trish Blackwelder, distinguished Toastmaster and past district governor. Welcome to the podcast, Trish. Hi, Don. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Great. Well, we're going to hear from Trish today about Pathways. But before we do that, I'd like to find out a little bit more about how Trish got involved with Toastmasters. Trish, tell us about those those early days. What what brought you to Toastmasters, and what have, what have you done over the last few years? Okay. Um, I was invited from a water cooler conversation to join two of my peers at their Toastmasters meeting. I had just moved to Arizona, and the company that I worked for in San Diego, uh, the president of the company was famous for stepping on the elevator the same time I did to leave for lunch. And the 14 floors at lunchtime took a long time to get through, and he loved to chit-chat. I did not know how to chit-chat, but it suddenly occurred to me that that could become a career-limiting situation if I didn't learn how to master it. So when the two guys invited me to the Toastmasters meeting, I figured, what the heck, why not? So I went. It was a 6 o'clock in the morning meeting. That took a commitment on my part. But when I showed up and I saw the impromptu speaking portion on table topics, I knew I had to join. So I did. And one of the members of that club was Art Nieto. What club As was this? This was, what was it? Um, Blue, um, Blue something. Oh, my gosh. It was the Blue Cross Blue Shield Club at one time. I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. But meeting Art it was a life-changing experience, as some of your other <laughs> podcast invitees have shared. Great. So tell us about that first meeting. I wasn't sure what to expect, but I did have a lot of respect for these two gentlemen, and they were a lot of fun just, you know, having them in the office, and I thought, well, at least we'll have a good time over coffee or something in the morning. But like I said, I saw a well-organized meeting, a lot of people that were clearly committed to helping each other. That appealed to me right from the beginning, but it was the impromptu speaking portion, and I did get called upon to participate. And I realized I could learn something here. So it was an easy decision to make. And when was this? This was back in 1995. Ah, so you've been a Toastmaster for 24 years. It'd be 25 in December. Wow. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> How did you, I know you've, we said at the beginning that you're a distinguished Toastmaster and a past district governor. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about what took you down that particular road? How did you get to be pastorship governor, for instance? Okay. I started out in life to be a teacher, but the passing of a proposition in California wiped out all the new teaching jobs. So I had to find a new career, and I had no backup plan. So I floated around for a long time until I decided I really needed to find a way to survive in corporate America. The job that I got was with Um, Star System, the ATM network, and out of San Diego at the time. And they were starting a new venture that would require starting an offshoot company here in Arizona. The CEO 
or the what would become the CEO that they hired to do the venture needed an assistant and I got tapped. We had an interesting relationship in that we made a deal. He promised he would teach me everything I would need to know about banking if I would make sure he never got up in front of a group to present with his fly open or stuff dripping from his nose. I bought in. <laughs> Nobody had ever made an, a, an offer like that. And he did. And I've had a banking career ever since. What led me to become a leader was once I got involved in Toastmasters, then I had, had Art Nieto at my side telling me I would be a club officer and I would have to go to club officer training. Participating there, speaking my mind has never been a problem. So when they asked for somebody to share something from the audience, I raised my hand. Art Nieto was down in the front of the room along with Nancy Starcassidy. What I shared created quite a stir in the classroom that day when they asked me, where did I get an answer like that from? And I said, I got it from the officer manual. Don't you read them? I'm sure at that point I immediately became a project for Art, Nancy, and Jody K. Petra. The rest really should be history because they kept putting leadership challenges in front of me, whether it was a committee, the TLI chair, uh, finally division uh, director, it's now division director. But I served on a lot of committees. It was just a natural step for me to follow and go into leadership. However, it was a long time before they told me that I could do it. I got a lot of you're not ready yet first. And I kept working really hard on all the committees and figured it out finally. <laughs> and you became ready. And I became ready. And then I got elected. And then I served my three years. My fourth year has passed. And went back to my club then. Because working at the member level is what really, it goes back to my wanting to be a teacher. It's really what inspires me. So you've been in for 24 years. You've gone to a lot of meetings. You've been through the educational program once or twice. How many distinguished Toastmasters did you earn? Once I figured it out, thanks to Cindy Newburn, I've gone through the entire educational program five times. So I am a five-time DTM. Part of that was to chase Nancy Starcassidy's number of DTMs that she's accomplished. I'm now working on my first Pathways DTM. Great. Pathways, of course, is one of the reasons why I invited you onto the podcast. You're involved heavily in Pathways. Tell us a little bit about your current assignment. Mm -hmm. My current assignment came out of the district's recognition that they needed to continue to provide Pathways support following our initial deployment. They needed someone to chair a support team, and I was asked if I would serve then as the Pathways chair for District 3. I had been an ambassador and a guide helping with our initial deployment, so it was a natural step for me to move into that and coordinate the what we refer to as the support desk. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the history of Pathways, because I know some people, especially the new people, don't have a long history with the Legacy Program or any history with the Legacy Program. Tell us a little bit about the, what it was like in the old days and what changed. What it was like in the old days. Of course, we didn't know anything different. 
We had manuals. There were basic manuals and advanced manuals, and you moved through the manuals in a particular sequence. You did get to make some choices with the advanced manuals to help personalize your learning experience, but each of the manuals basically consisted of five or ten projects that you did in order or uh, did in some semblance of order and continued to earn educational awards. One of the early things that I found challenging about Toastmasters once I started figuring things out was the, there was not a big leadership emph emphasis. And an experience of mine was the bank sent me to a management training course. And as I was going through this several month long very expensive course, I'm going, I've heard all these topics before and I've heard them pretty much in this order. And I had sitting on the floor next to my desk my high performance leadership project. And I picked it up and I was looking at it and I went, oh my gosh, this is pretty much the same thing as this management training course that I'm going through. And I remember sharing with my mentors at the time that why don't we talk about this more? And we didn't have, uh, Toastmasters didn't have a formal leadership program at the time. And I got on my soapbox to talk about the leadership aspects of our educational program. And I never looked back. Just one thing continued to lead to another. But one thing that I became known for early on was my ability to find the nooks and crannies of the education program and help people personalize a program that wasn't very personalized to begin with. Yeah. Well, evidently, other people had similar ideas. Mm -hmm. Back in, was it 2010, the board of directors decided to do something. Yes. Tell us about that. Back in 2010, the board of directors decided to take on a complete refurbishing of the educational program. They wanted, they felt that it was time after 94 years to do something that would be more modern, more relevant to today's professional skills-driven society, uh, something that could be um, more flexible for the members. And that was really a bold move on their part, uh, their part, if you think, 94 years of following pretty much a straightforward manual-based program. So it took a while. It was not until two, uh, 2017, 2017 that we actually saw the new program here in Arizona, and it was in 2018 when the complete worldwide deployment was accomplished. Pathways does do that complete revitalization of our education program. The challenges have been that people are always afraid of change, and one of the gauntlets that I have picked up to run with is, is helping people understand that the core that we have always known in Toastmasters, the things that we hold near and dear to our 94 years of experience are still there in Pathways. You, they're just in a different package. So I've been, that's been my mission is to help people find what they're familiar with. I remember, because I was an ambassador as well, it, before the program was rolled out here in Arizona, we had a period of time of going out to each club mm -hmm. and making a visit to explain what it was going to be like and to get people excited about it and get them to be at least aware there's something coming. And when it came, 
we had some early adopters who really started going great and then a few folks hesitated because they were still frankly working towards mm-hmm. their their goals in the in the manual based system and that's okay we had a a grandfathering period a two year overlap I believe it was rolled out in District 3 in uh, December of 2017. December of 2017, that's correct. Okay, so that's almost two years. Mm -hmm. How well has District 3 done in adopting pathways? I have to giggle just a little bit first because as I attend events, you'll hear we're not adopting it at all, and then I'll see the numbers and find out that we're doing very well adopting it. Actually, the latest numbers from September show that 73% of our membership has adopted Pathways, and that actually ranks us 20th in the world as a district. So I'd say we're doing very good here in District 3. One area that we were lacking in was getting our officers enrolled and so that became a focus of my committee to do everything we could to solve for that and I'm very pleased to say that through our efforts and the targeted training that we've done at club officer training events, we're up to 88% now of our officers that are Pathways enrolled. That statistic actually makes us sixth in the world in terms of officer enrollment in Pathways. Wow, six number six in the world, mm-hmm. and I think there's something like 120 districts, maybe a few more now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's saying something. It is. So I think that our story here in District Three is a very positive one. There are always going to be late adopters, and that's where our focus as a committee is now, is to pick up as many of the late adopters as we can. People are finishing up their legacy achievements, and they will now be ready to fully transition into Pathways, and that's what we're going to continue to support through June of 2020. Okay, June of 2020. What happens then? In June, at the end of June in 2020, the legacy program officially sunsets. So the program that I knew when I first became a Toastmaster those many years ago retires and is no more. Any educational awards that my profile shows on my history will always be there. No one can ever take those away from me. But the old system of manuals will be retired and we will move forward with the Pathways Learning Experience now. So that sounds like if to the listeners out there who are still working in the legacy program, Mm -hmm. which is perfectly acceptable, they have until June, next June. June 30th. Right. To finish up, if they submit an application for an achievement after June 30th. It will be declined. It won't count. That's true. (laughs) Okay. So all of you out there who are waiting for the last minute, it's almost here. (laughs) It's getting here faster and faster. So of that... You said 73% mm-hmm. uptake rate. 73% of our members are enrolled in Pathways. That twenty, that 27%, some of those are like we just talked about. They yes. are still working in the legacy program. And once they're done, then they'll transition over. I suspect there's a few others who are just resisting because either they don't understand it or they've tried and it they've had a problem with the computer interface or something. Uh, What suggestion do you have for those folks who are struggling with getting started? Mm -hmm. I think one of the big populations that we have is they're 
there is a small population of folks that are not technology adopters. They are really going to struggle because the best learning environment for Pathways is really the online environment. It's the most most robust, most complete of the learning approaches. There is a print version, but you lose the advantage of the video tutorials uh, and, and other resources that are only available through the online. I use my mom as an example here. My mom actually is 97 years old. She retired because she did not want to learn how to use a computer. I'm pleased to say that my mom cannot survive now without her iPad and email, so I made some accomplishment there with her. Hey, mom. (laughs) (laughs) But I can identify with the folks that were like her, that just thought they were going to let technology go on without them and now find themselves surrounded by technology and in need to learn. My... One of my passions as the Pathways Chair is to try to find solutions for what are perceived challenges to using technology and really make them adjustments then that need to be made instead of something that can't be overcome. Right at this point, anybody listening out there who resonates with that scenario, if you are either technically challenged or you're just, you've, you've tried it and you're just running into a roadblock, Who can they call? Is there a way to contact you, Trish? There absolutely is. We are accessible through the email pathways at aztoastmasters.org. That is the most effective way to reach us. You can also find our tools and online resources um, at on the District 3 website at aztoastmasters.org. And we're on Facebook. Now that's a story there. Facebook, if you want to follow us on Facebook as well, you'll find us under District 3 Pathways. Great. For those who maybe have said, you know, I'm just not sure I like this new program. Mm -hmm. What are some things you might suggest to them to change their mind? That's actually core to the message we've been crafting for over the last year. Doing our best to show them where all the core things that we know and love about Toastmasters are present in Pathways. The more we do that, the more I see the light bulbs go off in the room and people get excited. I've I've been at a Pathways sit-in where we let people bring their devices and we help them access their accounts and access their base camp environment where they go, this isn't that hard at all when they're done asking all their questions and have some, having somebody help them. So those are the kinds of things that we focus on. What are the, what's the fastest way to get into your learning environment? What is the easiest approach to getting through your level one? How do you pick a path even? Some, we go all the way back yeah. to the very basics and help them find the path that's most comfortable for them. Now, this is not just a replacement of manuals. There are some features and pathways that weren't in the manuals. Absolutely. What are a few of those that would maybe entice a, what I'll call a legacy member, to give it a shot? Yeah, let me share an experience that really hit home with me. I can remember in one of my clubs, a brand new member 
being assigned as an evaluator for the first time. When they stepped up to the front of the room, they totally froze. They had taken some notes. They realized they were in over their heads. They just couldn't even spit out a few words. What I saw was the beauty of our program and how all the members immediately rallied around that person and started asking them some questions to answer and helping them come up with their thoughts about what their impressions were of the speech. And then I watched that person's face change from fear to appreciation for their peers and the knowledge that they could do it. They could get through this. What I so appreciate, two big changes in Pathways. One of them is the evaluation program. Pathways is going to solve for that problem. The evaluation forms allow a brand new member who has no idea how to evaluate to rank how well they saw a person's performance against a scale that's right there on the paper in front of them. And that will at least give them some thought-provoking answers to respond with when they take the front of the room. I was visiting a club not long ago and there was a guest there and they didn't leave. They wanted to stay and hear the presentation. And I took a chance and I said, based on what you just heard about the evaluation forum, do you think you would be able to give someone feedback using this form? And they went, oh, yeah. And before we were done, they were talking to someone about joining Toastmasters. So there's that huge change that comes with pathways that I wish people were more open to. And I love how teaching about evaluation comes very early. It's the second project in level one. Right. They don't wait for that to be an advanced topic. That is a basic core thing to learn. There are three basic core things in level one. The first one is the, well, not the first one, but one of them is the evaluation program they get introduced to. Another one is by giving a speech, getting feedback, refining your speech and giving it again they learn the art of how to craft a speech as well and then the third one it comes from the research topic where you learn how to incorporate research which is what almost every speaker does to prepare a speech is they go out and they figure out what they want to include in it how they're going to reference that and then craft their speech around it those are all three skills that are included in Included in level one, the mastering fundamentals. And the best part is we won't do them once. We'll repeat them each time we do another path, which means like math tables that we learned in school, through repetition, we will always improve those fundamental skills. There's also a new mentoring piece, Mm -hmm. which wasn't present, or at least not present at the same level of detail and importance. In the old program. Tell us about the mentoring side. Absolutely. I would not be where I am professionally today if it has not been for the mentors that came into my life. And while Toastmasters has always put a value on mentoring, there's never been a formal structured program around teaching people how to mentor. Pathways is introducing that as well. 
when a member has completed their first two levels of their path, they will be offered the opportunity to sign up for the mentor program. It is not another path. It is separate from paths, but it is a formal mentoring program that everyone gets to go through, and they can be certified then as a member. For me, that's another huge resume-building skill that Pathways is offering our members now. My two mentoring projects that I did for my mentor certificate were both outside of Toastmasters. They were actually professional skill mentoring that I did. Now, these both happen to be Toastmasters, and we use many of the tools from the mentoring program then, but in both cases, it was about applying those skills in a professional environment. So it was very exciting for me to not only test the tools and really put them then in a real life experience, it just validated that we're on the right track with Pathways. The other aspect of it is before in the legacy system, you could personalize your, your path, if you want to call it that, but you had to work at it. You mm-hmm. had to basically take that personalization on as a yourself, and mm-hmm. it wasn't built in. It wasn't cooked in. Pathways has changed that. Absolutely. Now the skills are already development plans. Each of the paths takes you through five levels of complexity that build and push you out of your comfort zone as you move through each of the five levels. This is something that I think is huge. When I used to personalize the program for folks, I had to know all the nooks and crannies of the program. I think, again, of an experience I had where a member of one of my corporate clubs had just been put on probation. And they came to me telling me they were not going to renew because they obviously had to put their entire focus on saving their job. I asked them to go to lunch with me, and I said, just give me one shot first. We talked about it, and I said, so it sounds to me like these are the kinds of skills that you need to keep your job, and your boss is going to want to have some kind of measurement that you're making progress on learning those. I worked very hard going through all the nooks and crannies of the legacy program, finding the right things for that person to work on. Today, I could have just as easily said, choose one of these two paths. It's going to hit all the marks that you need. And I think that, again, is another huge benefit that some folks haven't had a time to see yet in Pathways. I love how you're telling the stories about real-life examples of people encountering Pathways and having it be applicable right away. Absolutely. And in a way that's robust, not just a academic knowledge, but something they can actually use anywhere. Is there anything new coming? I know I see some messages from World Headquarters every once in a while about something happening. Tell us about some of the updates and changes that you see coming. Well, we've just gone through a series of updates from... Toastmasters, at the request of our members, the user interface is being simplified. I think that's a huge win there. Another one is the three-step approach now for our new members to get started. Uh, How a new member actually picked a path, went through an assessment, all of that was confusing for a lot of people. Now it's a really simple three-step approach. Pick the language that you want to learn in, the environment that you want to learn in, and then 
what is it that you is most important for you to want to accomplish and here's the path that will help you do that so I think that um, those changes have been really good and then they also in answer to member member feedback was making everything in a path available to our members right from the get-go while it's still recommended that you do the work in sequence because of the levels of complexity being worked in it's possible now to work on a level five project or a level four project while you're still in level one or two now caveat is you still must submit for educational awards in sequence, level one first, level two, and then three and four mm-hmm. and five. But it frees you to be able to work across any of the five levels as it becomes applicable for you in your real life. Sure. An example of that for me, I looked at, I'm in level four on two paths. And sometimes when it was my turn to speak on the schedule, I wasn't ready for one of those project-based mm-hmm. speeches, which... And those are, those are great because you learn a lot, but sometimes they require you to have certain things done outside of the club. Right. Those things weren't ready. It'd be great if I could go ahead and look at some of the electives to get my speech ready for that week mm-hmm. and then go back when my other stuff is ready to go. Right. And now I can. Mm-hmm. Now I can. Yeah, I, I used to talk to people that they could find that information, but it was much harder to do. Now that all the projects are sitting there to be activated, it's a lot easier for members to find mm-hmm. that information. So if you are already in Pathways and you're either you know, partway in and you've been stymied by this, go back in again and you will see that you can open up all levels, you can see the projects, and you can do the projects but like Trish said, you have to then go back and finish your level one before you can be awarded a level two, before right. you can be awarded a level three. So we still, we still want you to go back and make sure you've got all of the introductory steps down mm-hmm. before that. But for some people who aren't highly motivated by earning educational achievements, this allows them to flux and jump around right. any path. Mm-hmm. They can order multiple paths. They can have them sitting in their transcript. They can work across different paths, right. different projects. So that gives them the quote-unquote flexibility that they used to have of having nine manuals sitting on their desk sure. and picking which one they wanted to work on that right. week. <laughs> we didn't want members to lose the joy right. of, of being in a club and doing the speeches. Mm-hmm. And now you've got that total flexibility. Yes. Do you have a wish list of things that you'd like to see? Because you've been, you've been involved very, very heavily in this from the very start. You're now involved with helping people, helping hundreds of people work their way through it. And you've probably encountered a few things that, gee, you know, wouldn't it be great if... Yes, wouldn't it be great if we could use our phones to access Basecamp? Mm. I think that's probably at the top of the request list that I hear from people, and and I'm hoping that that comes, whether it's through an app or through it's a, uh, or whether it's through a better UI design. But um, either way, 
people, so many people are living off their phones that it would be nice if we could at least have core functionality of Basecamp available to us on our phones. Additional learning paths, even though we started with 10, engaging humor was well received when it was released. And I know there are more paths in the queue and I wish we had a release schedule. I'd like to see what else is coming, but I can see the need for additional skill paths and I don't know if we'll get on a regular schedule. I think that might be nice if we knew new paths would come out say on an annual basis or something uh, to give us new things to be challenged with for those of us who are going to be in for life. Um, <laughs> and then obviously more languages. We're in 143 countries around the world so there's not only just one primary language but sometimes several dialects within that language and uh, we'll need to make sure that we're being responsive so anyone anywhere around the world has a channel for them in their language to uh, reap the benefits of being a Toastmasters member. Right. After all, we are called Toastmasters International. That's right. <laughs> well, great. Any other items on our list to talk about today? I think we've pretty much covered it. Other than I just want to close, I think, with this one. Because I, I jokingly say I wear a target on my back around the district because I take all the feedback, positive or negative, about Pathways and try to help people. Um, I know some of those 27% are still concerned that we're getting off track, you know, that we're not staying focused on the things that were important to us for 94 years. And as hard as I've tried to break pathways, as hard as I've tried to put everything I can find to the you know, test and, and explore in all the nooks and crannies, I am confident that we are still true to the experiential learning approach that was so important to our founder, Dr. Smedley, and what made us has made us successful for 94 years. That is not going to go away. We are still core to having a communication program, two paths dedicated to only communication, absolutely no leadership, um, and as well as leadership skills that are appropriate for real life experiences. So it's all there, folks. It really is. And if you still haven't found it, email pathways at aztoastmasters.org and I'll help you find it. Great, great. <laughs> Well, Trish, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for your time. And thank you for inviting me. I appreciate this so much. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. To volunteer to be featured on the podcast or to suggest future topics, write podcast at aztoastmasters.org. That email again is podcast at aztoastmasters.org. Toastmasters International and all other Toastmasters International trademarks and copyrights are the sole property of Toastmasters International. This podcast is independent of Toastmasters International. It is not endorsed by, sponsored by, affiliated with, or otherwise connected with Toastmasters International other than for the use of the name Toastmasters International.